thank you for uh, for listening uh, on Liberty Tactics. I, I think it's an important uh, international venue. The title of your show is Liberty Tactics, which I think is really important. And liberty is a really important word. Uh, we take it for granted. Monday the 3rd of October in the year of our Lord 2022 we are back uh, on a Monday with our Roy Davis for an update on Q and geopolitical uh, news and rumblings that are going on around the world um, for everybody who is listening in from Roy's Telegram and his other places welcome give us a follow on Liberty Tactics or on Lou Collins on Telegram we are everywhere check out libertytactics.co.uk and welcome I'm not going to go on with a long introduction. I want to get straight to the juicy bits. Roy Davis, morning. I'm going to let you take it away and update us with uh, what's been happening in this last week. Okay, Lou. Right. Well, um, I think it was Harold Wilson that said that a week is a long time in politics. Well, you could cut that down now and say that a day is a long time in politics. Because the analogy I gave last week about uh, the runners in a long race where the bell literally signals the last lap, I think we are now in that last lap. And the economies in the Western-controlled cabal countries, which I call the WCCC, are now collapsing. And all of these currencies from the dollar Australian dollar, to the yen, Hong Kong dollar, uh, to the euro, to the pound. They'll all crash. They're crashing and they will all crash. Now, a point I want to make, and I'll be liberate, is that a few weeks ago, well, a good few podcasts ago, about six months ago, I came out and said that I thought all political parties and, the le- and leaders in the WCC countries will turn to dust. Now, what I mean by that, well, I meant that the leaders of these governments and the political parties have no solution to what's taking place. It's that old saying, you cannot plan what you do not control, and you cannot control what you do not own. And that's absolutely the case with all of the governments of the WCCC. They don't issue their own money. They don't control the means of production, distribution, and exchange. They're literally intermediaries. And why I said that is that why it's so important, we're now seeing first in the first period, and this doesn't go on for months and months, maybe at the most six weeks, we've seen over the last period, last week or so, last two, three weeks, the removal of long-standing political parties and leaders. Well, now we're going into quick tempo time. I'll deal with Trust and Quateng at the uh, you know later on in the discussion. But the fact of the matter is, many of the peoples, the masses themselves, are not interested in who issues currency about the Bank of International Settlements about investment banks, about fiat money, multipliers, and how they control and the methods they control. But they will be interested because now it's going to be really affecting the way they live, the conditions in which they live in, and they're going to face an ordeal over the next period. And they will see the governments as ineffectual and not on the in the way I've just outlined, and they will realize who are the authors of this attack on the masses in the WCC countries, on their living standards, on their very existence. And it will be clear that it's the Kapal-controlled institutions. And that is what the Great Awakening is all about. You know, I read... I read late last night, 20,000 protesters in Austria against their government. You get in that 
all over the, the Euro countries now. Germany, massive demonstrations. Sweden, demonstrations against inflation. Britain, demonstrations. But this is just the early days. These are the heat lightnings of revolution itself. It's going to develop. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, this isn't something. This is no slow-burning fuse. The events are going to speed right up. This process of the removal of the cabal, of the, of the consciousness of the masses being brought in line with actual events, that's going to be, it's going to be a big rude awakening from the deep sleep for many of them that they're in. If it was the case that it was an individual country in the WCCC where they had difficulties back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, well then, they could have solved it. IMF would come in like they did with Britain. When Soros shorted the pound and, you know, we'd have austerity. We've had austerity for, I don't know, a good 30 years in Britain, truth be told. But they would get over it. The crisis in Cyprus and Greece, where they took people's savings, you know, robbed half it. They got over it. Not anymore. It's not possible now. And the reason that it's not possible is that all the currencies are racing to the bottom. All the currencies are devaluing. What do, I mean, what do I mean by devaluing? They're losing their purchasing power. That's the reason why you're having to pay more for mortgages, more for food, more for everything. It's not, in, in reality, it's nothing to do with interest rates. It's a devaluation that's taken place over the last 50 years in particular. And I, I'd like to point, this is a, these the currency's falling. It's a race to the bottom by the WCC countries. And it would be wrong for one moment to think that, oh, the dollar's strong. It's safe. No. As I pointed out before, the dollar is the last horse standing in the glue factory. And by the way, it will have the greatest fall with the greatest impact. Remember, during COVID, during the lockdown, the WCC economies. Stop work, literally. Stop manufacture. Stop productivity. Lock us up in the houses. Got a little bit of, you know, working from the home. But in that period, in that two-year period, America printed 40% of all the dollars that have ever existed. Now, you want to take, take a better note about that. 40% of all the dollars that have ever existed. This was replicated in all the WCCC countries. It nearly, they nearly doubled, historically, the money supply. No goods, no productivities in that period. In other words, just a piling on of fiat money with the same goods, with no goods being provided. What was the case in Russia, no, they didn't do that. They kept on working. You know, I discuss with people, and they say to me, oh, well, China didn't. China did. China shut down just Wuhan. It kept the full production process taking place there. It wasn't the case that it stopped, yes. It's had stops in the last period, but through that two-year period, for the force majeure of the industrial production of the workshop of the world, which is China, they kept going. Now, the argument being put forward that it's down to Putin. Our, uh, every creature, every representative of the cabal, every puppet that's in government, whether it be prime minister, president, chancellor, whatever, all of them, even the resident as well, they say, oh, it's just all down to Putin. But that's an infantile. The argument falls on itself. Firstly, who sanctioned Russia? Who sanctioned Russia? Well, the WCC countries sanctioned Russia. Who weaponized energy? Well, the WCC weaponized energy by sanctioning Russia. Because commodities have now shot up in price in the West. Now, I'd like to... I'd like to stop here for a moment. I'd like to, I'm going to deal very, very quickly with gas. 
because Putin made a statement about five months ago where he said he didn't understand how the price increases in energies were taking place in the cabal-controlled countries because he said, we're not charging them anymore. It was mischievous on his behalf, but he was pointing out that he's not charging more, and they are. The WCC countries are, char are going over the top, but he was pointing out the fact that there's an enormous devaluation of the currencies. He knows the crisis of the WCC countries. So I'll get back to my initial point. The truth is always concrete. The cabal are the liars. They've lied consistently for centuries. Now we've got to make them own these lies. They can't be allowed to get away. And I'll restate, no government, no politician in the WCC countries, however good and genuine they might be, or however evil they might be, can solve the problems. They cannot solve the problems that we face today. And I'd like to put this in. We said that Trump, he lost it through rigging, but in reality, it was a loss that we knew was coming, or he knew was coming, that the good guys knew, knew was coming. How opposite that the, that the election, if you like, in inverted commas, it was rigged, but we knew it was going to be rigged. But imagine if Trump was in power now. It would be impossible, even for Trump, he would go down the same road, it would collapse. Now do you see the game? Do you understand? Not only has Biden come in and shown us really what the deep state cabal is all about, but he and the rest of the cabal will be held solely responsible in real time for the crash that's about to take place and all the concomitants on that crash, the effects it's going to have on the masses themselves. As I said, this will be the great awakening. Now, on world economy, I listened to, uh, to Blinken uh, and... Uh, I'll come to him a bit later. But Blinken was, uh, you know, he's, he's really pleased with the way the situation has gone of late. But in the world economy, two meetings took place in the last week, very important meetings, which, are, which have been missed in general by the Western-controlled media, and particularly by Blinken and the US. They might not... They might not have missed them, but they certainly aren't talking about it. Because BRICS Plus, which is the East, they held a meeting last week, and the meeting was to discuss the methodology and the organization of introducing their new gold-backed commodity currency for trade between the countries of the East. That is a very important stage. Remember, Russia now has deposited its gold in the, in the central bank. It has already organized the Moscow World Standard, the bullion exchange. And now they're discussing with China, India, uh, South Africa, Argentina, a number of other countries, BRICS Plus, about how and when they're going to do it. Now, if you look at Sri Lanka, and I mentioned Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka is in a terrible economic situation. And that's due to, to their, uh, the leadership, the president. Him and his family extorted the Sri Lankan masses. And now they're in Palestine. They rebuked the East, they didn't, if you like, honor their contracts, which meant that China and Russia moved away and left them on their own. And now you have a situation where it's absolute destitution. It's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a terrible state of affairs there. And by the way, that's coming to us.
maybe not to the same extent, but it's coming to us. But what have we seen in countries? I mentioned Turkey last week. I mentioned Argentina. But now you have Pakistan. Pakistan this week has announced that it wants to dump the dollar. Now, Pakistan was... uh, it was put forward as a basket case, no way forward. But you can see the development of the East in which they understand the mineral resources, the energy resources, the strategic resources of countries. They enter into trade where they're prepared to assist those countries to develop them, to bring them along, even though they might not get a reward straight away. The money might not come straight away. They're developing in the East through the Belt and Road Initiative, a powerful economy. And it will be united once we see the introduction, see the introduction of, uh, of the new currency. Now, Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse, an investment, one of the, one of the biggest investment banks in the world, based in Switzerland, is in great difficulties. And it could topple. Now, I was looking at CNN. I was listening to Bloomberg, and they said, that there's no need to panic. This isn't a layman moment. And then I read what the CEO of Credit Suisse said. And he said, it's critical. Where we are at now is critical. Let me tell you something. If I had my money in Credit Suisse, and I heard the CEO said it's critical. There's only one thing I'd be doing, and that'd be withdrawing whatever capital, bonds, or monies that I had out of that bank. And, that, and, and a run on the bank, is it indeed could take place. Now, moving to Great Britain, <laughs> to Truss and Quartem. Uh. This is a government... Are you okay, Lou? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just her, Truss and Quarte. What a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in uh, Truss and Quarte are a government. I, I did say that when Truss came in, I doubt whether she would last 100 days. Well, we're about 22 days in, and now I'm certain that this government in this form will not last 100 days. Now, they declared, their declared aim was growth in the UK. But not one panther asked them, what's growing? You know, give us an area of which you're talking about. We have 10% inflation now. We have a no growth projected for 2023. We're in a depression. We're a net importer of our goods. Small and medium enterprises are being shut down in record numbers. The high street is now being desolated. Industrial output has tanked. The budget, in reality, was a precursor to the coming collapse. Now, what did we learn? We learned that the pension holders, because of higher bond yields, their brokers told them they had to get find more cash or go bust. What type of market are we talking about? Well, we're talking about a market that encompasses between three and four trillion pounds. Well, if that crashes, that's that. That's that. Now, the solution to the Bank of England was a bailout. That's what it was. Up to five billion. They're buying five billion worth of bonds every day, 30 year bonds from the pension companies to keep them afloat. It's bonds that they couldn't sell, that no one could sell. You know, the Bank of England had an auction last week, or week for last. They didn't get a buyer for their bonds. Why? Because the hedge fund managers, the money people, they know that the, country, that the currency is devaluing and they can't see a way out of it. And when Quarteng went on what he called a growth budget with no growth, and no explanation of where the money was coming from, that was it. They said, no game. 
Now, the Bank of England, who increased interest rates to move to quantitative tightening, has now gone on a quantitative easing process. And they said that they're going to keep the $5 billion to the pension funds till October the 13th. Well, good luck with that. Because I tell you this, on October the 13th, if they don't keep it up, then the vultures will be circling. There'll be another crisis in pensions. Mortgage companies were immediately affected. Some of the biggest mortgage companies in Britain cut black dramatically on new mortgages. And we find out a day later that the house builders, the Barretts, the big ones, are in crisis because of the cancellation of the requirement of future contracts. Energy suppliers, we found out, because the energy suppliers, like the pension fund holders, they dabbled in the derivative markets, they shorted against the price, and the price went through the roof. So they needed money to keep them going. So Quart, Eng, and Trust, the growth experts, fund another $60 billion over to them. It's, we've got a foreign currency, and the government have exploded on a, on a bonanza of cash being flooded into the economy, which will only stimulate and put the fires under inflation itself. Now, you've got to ask yourself a few questions here. Do you think that energy, gas and electricity, and we're dependent now on other countries for our gas and electricity, do you think the cost is going to go down? Do you think the pound is going to get stronger? Do you think the economy is going to pick up? Like Quartang said, it's going to be a growth economy which if that was the case, could stabilize the situation. And could I, or do you think there's only one way, and it's all the way down? A falling pound collapses the bond market. What do I mean by that? When bonds go lower in price, the yield, the, pay, the interest, go high, it goes higher. So if you're looking to buy bonds, or gilt-edge, as they known, gilt-edge bonds, in Britain, you want a really damn good return if you're prepared to take the risk on your investment. The 30-year bonds are dead in the water. Yes, the pension funds had to get them because of the, the, uh, the role of pensions, but they're dead. The only people who buy those off them are the government itself. You're seeing a movement all over the world now to short-term bonds. And short-term bonds... The two-year bond over the 10-year bond, and the 10-year bond is the critical one, by the way. That's the one. Once that starts to rise and the bonds start to fall, then the debt bubble will fall. But two-year bonds pay a better interest rate now. So you see people moving to short term, and that's understandable. Who would have confidence for 10 years in what's taking place globally, globally now? So the pension funds are being bail bailed out. The energy companies are be being bailed out. We have an impending house crisis. We have an impending crisis in the building of houses. We have no growth. It's been taken down to zero for next year. The pound is going through the floor. We have a spiraling cost of living. And these clowns, these clowns in the government, up until the morning, this morning, were sticking steadfastly to that it was a growth budget. Now, I'll come into Quartem and the developments right at the end. But the only growth you can equate it to when these people talk about growth is that of rigor mortis in a dead body. Because that's effectively what all the economies are. But Britain, if you like, the rigor is setting in quicker. Now I'd like to deal with Germany and Italy. And in Germany in particular, the Nord Stream sabotage. Well, about the Nord Stream pipelines, let's not forget that it was Germany and Russia 
that paid for the financing of these pipelines over a number of years. And of course, both have control of the pipelines, the valves to turn on and turn off. Well, Russia said, no, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to supply gas. First of all, they said it was down to turbine problems. Then they cut it to 40%, then to 20%. They said, no, we're not going to do it. Your finance, your arm in Ukraine, it's, uh, it's, it's against our interests. So they cut it off. So both the, the countries shut the spigots off, shut the, shut the valves off. Now, you have then Blinken's comments on October the 2nd. Remember now the sabotage. This is Blinken's comment on October the 7th. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and to take away from Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing his imperial designs. It's a tremendous opportunity. Now, what's being missed in all this? You know, you've got the issue of, oh, well, you know, Blinken announces we've got liquid natural gas, liquid natural gas LNG. We'll send it over. Problem is, Germany hasn't got the LNG terminals, so it can't process it. But this sabotage was about one thing and one thing only. The deep state, the cabal, who control the WCC countries, they knew, they were aware that Germany will be facing severe economic and, a so and social crisis without gas. Now, with this in mind, they calculated that Germany could well pivot away from the US to seek a rapprochement with Putin and trade deals with Russia. And it's for that reason that they carried through the sabotage. Did the US government, let's be careless, they don't give a shit about their own citizens. They don't give a shit about the citizens in the US itself, let alone the Germans or anyone else. Schultz is toast. He can go at any time. Now, I mentioned the troops on the streets. It was up to them to put them in. Well, the demonstrations you're going to see now they're going to have real problems because the German people are seeing the, the if you like, the, the, the specter of hyperinflation. And for Germans, historically, it's a nightmare scenario. And they know it's coming. So before that will take place, they'll remove Schultz. They'll remove the government of the day. The military will definitely be called upon. We've also heard that Deutsche Bank is now in difficulties. I believe that the EU and Britain could fall simultaneously. Now, the US government, the US, sorry, the, uh, in October. Let's have a look what's taking place. Well, in October... I mentioned it's the hunt for red October. You've got to listen to the comms. As we all know, the comms aren't the drops. The comms in this particular period, you have to listen to Donald Trump. You have to, you have to cipher out what are optics and you have to cipher out what, what he's saying to us. Now, on the rally on the 24th, Trump a number of times said, we're standing on the precipice. One week later on the 1st of October, he said a few times, it's time to stand up now. So with the advent of October, Trump is using phrases that Q highlighted. It, I believe, comes to us. Now, there are two storms in Q. There's the storm of November, and there's the storm of January. There are two calms before the storm as well. 
October, I believe, in October, we'll see the removal of Biden. There's a very good drop, 4836. Do you know what? Uh, yeah, I've got it here. I'll, I'll just read the first line. And the first line of the drop is, was the 21st Fifth Amendment, the arrow in the quiver, planned? Now, I'd like to give the date. The date was October the 8th, 2020. But the timestamp is really interesting. It's 20, 22, 20. So we have a situation where I believe that Biden will be removed. What also gives me that feeling? Well, one of the key markers that the 25th Amendment was coming in was Podesta being invited into the cabinet. Podesta is no lightweight. Podesta is a big beast. The Blinkens and Co., the Buttigieg's, you can forget about those. Podesta is up there with the, with the biggest of the big beasts. The guy is a monster. He's an evil human being. He was the Democrats' campaign manager. He was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. And he's come in, I believe, to pave the way for Hillary. Because anybody who thinks Kamala is going to be a president, you know, this is the woman who this week stated that she is enormously grateful that North Korea and the United, Sta United States are great friends and have a great future together. She obviously meant to say South Korea. So Kamala's out. Then who's left? Pelosi. Well, Pelosi's banal in political terms. She can read from a script, but she doesn't have many other abilities. She's crazy. Yeah, you could put it like that. And then you have, and then you have HRC, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary is coming to the fore now. Yeah, the Clinton Foundation is back in operation. She's uh -huh. doing podcasts. She's on CNN. She's making the quips and the comments. As for Trump, I believe Trump will get arrested. Yeah. On what charges? He said it at the rally. On what charges? I don't know. He did say at the rally they want to arrest me. Yeah. Again, it's a, it's a calm. Yeah, I know. If you like, if you like, the era of the two president presidents is ending. Yeah. In America, I would say that the Great Awakening is now completed. Yeah. The arrest of Trump will top it off. It will be the icing on the cake. It will be the start of major developments. Now, what I should end on, on Russia. In Russia, last week I gave two of the likely scenarios. And I said it could be some both. You, know, you could join, get bits out of both of them. Well, we've had no shelling now since the unification of the four regions with Mother Russia. The West is saying, oh, well, you know, it's autumn, the rainy season. <laughs> I chuckled a bit because I thought, oh, yeah, that would really affect a missile launcher, uh, really affect the missiles that, they've been that they were dropped in and killing civilians in their hundreds of the week prior to the election. Now, it stopped. There's, a cri there's an impending crisis. What does Zelensky do? He applies to NATO. I thought there was a theoretical chance. They would say, okay, but no. No chance. Sorry, you're not going to be allowed to join. So what's left now in the Ukraine? An absolutely destroyed economy. The biggest industrial base has now been taken away from them. By Putin. What's on offer? Now, NATO say they're going to send armaments over, particularly America 
and Germany. I believe if they attempt to do that, then Putin will blow up the infrastructure with the armaments, whether it's freight or road. He'll blow up the infrastructure. He'll destroy it so that nothing can come in. He'll block the ports so nothing can go out. He'll put a stranglehold on the Ukraine itself. I think the Ukraine conflict could well be over. Zelensky is in crisis. He's got nowhere to go. Already, they're talking about potential leaders to take his place. So, bear in mind what's being said. Once it stops in the Ukraine, it, it looks as if it's going to come to an end. Then the Taiwan conflict is going to kick off. And the Taiwan conflict is the precursor to, to the World War Three hoax scenario. Yeah. I'll go into that in the future. But at this moment in time, we live in, <laughs> in extraordinary times now, in unprecedented times. And we should be good heart, though. We should understand what's taking place. We should see who the key players are now. What the general development is, the economy is tanking. The WCC economy is tanking. It's been reflected in an absolute crisis in the WCC countries, affecting all facets of life itself. The fall of the Gabal is underway. Putin, the countries of the East, are not affected, not to any great extent. Pakistan saying they want to dump the dollar. My God, yeah. that, must have been, that must have been like a knife through the heart of the cabal. Not only can they discuss it, but they can do it. And now Putin said he's going to get rid of the woman who's the head of the central bank. He's putting her on the list. And that's to stop her going to the Bank of International Sentiments monthly uh, meetings. Because, because she goes there. And China goes there, and a number of the countries go there, and now they're issuing their own money. <laughs> they're there. And can you imagine the effect that they're having? It must be humiliating for the BIS, for the cabal bankers, yeah. to sit in that room with them because all lies stop there. They probably don't even have to talk. She just says, look, she could just point to the currency, point to the you know, the balance of payments, the growth. And I did preface many six, eight months ago that it's directly inversely proportional. The crisis in the, in the, in the WCC countries, <laughs> the implosion is reflected in the East in an explosion of their productive forces. But we shouldn't be worried by that. Once this cabal falls, and I believe Donald Trump has hit the home run and he's coming up to second base, standing on the last base is Putin, Chi, willing him on to get to the final base so that when he gets there, we go through the hoax of World War III and then he can tie up. He ties up with Russia. He ties up with China. You have a world economy based on gold, sound finances. It's, uh, it's, at this moment, it sounds a dream. But all dreams have reality. And the reality is that's where we are moving now. By Christmas Day, you mentioned it's going to be a happy Christmas Day in America. That's the first storm done. By Christmas Day, Trump is back. The cabal have been defeated. Storm two starts in January. That's from the second to the fourth base. That's when the cabal deep state moved towards, they hope, a nuclear thermionic war. 
because their motto has always been rule or ruin. They would rather leave the world in a nuclear radioactive pile than let humanity go forward. Well, it's not happening. It's not happening. Their defeat is taking place now, and all the World War Three hoax event will do will be ex to expose who the deep, st deep state are in the military and the agencies. We don't know who they are. We'll flesh them out. And then for the first time in eons, we, the patriots of the world, in our different countries, can now plan the world in our interests. Thanks, Sue. Wow, Roy, that was fantastic. And it's interesting you mentioned the Bank of International Settlements. Um, dear friend, well, Justin Walker, uh, he used to uh, chair the British Constitution Group. Uh, he's been working on the Bradbury Pound now for the last, I'd say it's 11 years. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about the Bradbury Pound for at least 10 years. He's been on the show many times. We used to work together at the UK Column. Well, I don't know if you saw Neil Oliver's opening monologue for his show on GB News on Saturday. He has an eight o'clock show, Neil Oliver, who's the Scottish guy who used to do Coast on the BBC, but he's kind of having this mass awakening. Does a fantastic monologue. And uh, there's been a lot of hoo-ha over the Bradbury Pound. I personally, I understood it, and I'm not, as you know, Roy, I'm not up on the financial, I'll get, you know, derivative. Or I'm not up with the financial stuff, really. I, I leave it to people who can properly understand it. But I understand how the Bradbury worked. I understand why it was created. Um, and I personally, as just me, can't see why it wouldn't work again to get the power out of the bankers. So this, this thing of the Bradbury pound, everything collapsing. You mentioned the Bank of International Settlements. It seems that all sections are kind of colliding together because Justin doesn't follow Q. You know, he's, I, I, I will phone him up and I'll tell him about the Q drops. I'll just sit on the fence, you know. So I wish he did follow it because it would all make a lot more sense to him as with what's going on. He would probably be able to relate it better. But um, I, I, I personally think it, it is the end of the international banking cartel. I really do. Um, do you think currencies will go back to creating their own currencies? Roy, do you think that's how it would you think, think they'll get, get rid of the central bank? So it will start going back to the, the sovereign nations will control and create their own money. Do you think that's where we're going to go back to? Because that's what we well, need to go back to. It is what we need, but there's a few points in that which, which we have to discuss. If Britain attempted the Bradbury Pound, and I'm aware of what the Bradbury Pound is, it has been utilised before, by the way. Yes, exactly. It, it couldn't, it couldn't, if it did it tomorrow, it would just collapse. It would just collapse immediately. Wherever the government was, they collapse with it. Because when they go to buy commodities, we're a net importer of goods. Without them, we can't exist. And they offered him a Bradbury pound, even if it was backed up by the goodwill of Britain and his credit. I'm afraid that the people who... Putin would probably say, yeah, well, not really. It's a nice gesture, but we're not going to accept it. Your pound fell, and now you're offering us something which isn't even proven. Now, it's a different ball game where Bradbury pound comes into its own. As we have all the currencies will end all the WCC currencies will end. Now, Q said gold will end the Fed. In other words, the Fed will be removed. All the central banks will implode. They can only, like the banks, they all fall. The critical thing about this period is, is that the mass of people in the WCC see them as the criminals they are, understand that they're the people that perpetrated the crimes from the humanity for thousands of years. The last 300 years are definite. And that's the experience we're going to go through in the next four to six, four to six weeks. We're going to see that. Now, when a country like America has gold, and then I think they'll still have the dollar. The dollar under the fiat dollar will fall. But they can institute a new dollar. That's the point. And the new dollar backed up by gold, by commodities, that's a different ballgame. All the countries 
in the WCC would also have to follow the same route. That's why the East, what the developments in the East are a bridge. You know, if you didn't have what's happening with Putin and the East countries, and we had a world collapse of the productive forces, including Russia and China, we'd be back in the Stone Age. It would take decades to get the world economy back on sync. Decades to even get where we are now. But we don't have to do that because they are taking off. The vast majority of the world is with them. They, the, China is the workshop of the world and Russia has the commodities of the world. What does, it, does it mean that America is out of the game? No, that's why Trump says, can you put it back? You know, can you get the economy? And he says within weeks, and that's correct. What he has to do, because he knows the central bank will have gone then. All the banks will have gone. Therefore, he can bring in gold and he can back the dollar up with the gold. Yeah. And it becomes, it becomes a, a, a currency, but it's backed up by gold. Therefore, he can trade with the rest of the world, with validity. They'll look towards it, and very quickly, the American economy will once again be brought back. But this time with the gold standard, with a, with a sound currency, it will absolutely explode. <laughs> and we shouldn't forget this. There's one point which always makes me laugh. You know, Trump held out. He said, you know, we've got to rebuild the infrastructure, the bridges, the roads, the schools, the hospitals. We're going to do all this. Now, it never came about because Biden came in. Now, Biden, Biden, he's passed bills worth trillions saying that he's going to do it. Nothing's happened. Do you know? I mentioned the Belt and Road Initiative. Biden put $760 billion out of a budget months and months ago to build an equivalent Belt and Road Initiative. Not a thing has happened. You've got to ask yourself, where's the money gone then? Who's had the money? Uh, uh. So, so you have a situation, a scenario where this whole cabal system, fear cabal system imploded. It'll be resurrected. America takes the lead. America takes the lead. Trump reties a knot with history. It's Trump who's going round, hits the home run. It's Xi and Putin who will meet Trump. And they will accept, by the way, Trump was the initiator. America was the initiator of the developments that are taking place globally. Who smashed away the first trade agreements? Who took the task? NATO, United Nations. It was Trump. Who talked about sovereign countries? Who talked about democratic rights of the rights of third world countries? Who talked about constitutions? Trump did all that. So there's going to be a meeting of the three amigos. And Britain will... Look, there's not a country in the WCC that's not able to get back on its feet quickly. They've, they have technologies, they have technological superiority over many countries in the second and third world. They have marvelous, uh, marvelous factories which can be re-energized. Look, former workshop of the world can become a technological workshop of the world. There's no need to worry about this. We'll be rejuvenated. The whole world will go on a, will go on a growth that, that, that nobody could ever have dreamed of, a growth of the productive forces. Enhanced, by the way, not just by the present technology, because Trump said in his inaugural speech that he, he said there are many technologies that are hidden that haven't come out. Yeah. Well, you could never release those technologies while he was in office because the cabal would have taken them. They would have utilized them and put a price on them. Yeah. But when they're gone, it's not just technologies that are available in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in Russia. Hidden technologies, uh, you know, patents that haven't come to fruition. Tesla, that's the same in every country in the world. Yeah. Is it? It's undreamed of what it's going to be like. Probably one in squalor will be eradicated within, within years, not, not 10 years, not five years, within two or three years at the most. Can I just ask you regarding uh, Musk, Elon Musk, Starlink, Space Force, um, Musk, you know, we've all been very dubious about Musk because, you know, he's very much pro 
the um, the AI. Uh, we've now. I had an interesting phone call earlier actually with somebody who it was their son's birthday or their uh, grandson's birthday and they needed 170 quid. They wanted 170 quid. When asked what you're going to buy with it, they were going to buy a jacket on the metaverse. So this is like, people are just like, what? Um, so we know Elon Musk is very in support of this transhumanism. Do you think he's been flipped and he's now a good guy because he won't he be helping the space force with all of his Starlink and that technology and that is that kind of technology that's going to bring down the dates it will be, will be used to bring down the deep state. Well, I don't know about Musk individual and I try not to make a, a judgment call, but all I know is that you know he's never made a profit on electric cars, so who it's not Musk's money. You know, it, it, his money is coming from, uh, you know, the banks. Yeah, an investment. Star, Starlink, Starlink, if it works, it would bring the internet to the whole planet. Now, nobody could be against that. But you're right. You can't allow them to do it in this period because you can't trust the people who've got control of the, the cabal. And they just but want to make money off it, even though this technology should be free for everybody but to it's do. Not Exactly the same with us and our electricity and our water and, you know, I mean, just... Well, it's not just that. It's not just that, Lou. If they can monitor us through our phones and our TVs yeah. and our smart meters, imagine what they could do with something like Starlink. So, yeah, I'm all for Starlink, but I'm not, for, I'm not all for it when these lot are still around. When they're not around, yeah, I think it would be a great development. And we'll find out that there are many actors in this, uh, in this show you know, we don't know who they are. We don't know who the good guy. You know, the good. We do know who the real good guys are. They're there, and, you, and the good women. And you can hear them. But you know, the bad actors and the good actors on the periphery. Who knows? I don't. I never get. I try never to get into it because it's uh, it's like walking on uh, quicksand. You can say something, and then you fall flat on your face. Lou, I have got another meeting. I'm sorry, but ten past two, I've got to be out of this house. So, and I got to get on my way. All right, then, Roy. Lovely. Well, thank you, as always. Um, if you like what we're doing here at Liberty Tactics, we have a, 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 a library of shows over 15 years. Well, no, 15, nearly 15 years worth of shows I've been doing this now. Uh, we've got like, loads and loads of shows up on Liberty Tactics. If you do feel like supporting us, my God, do we need it. We are censored everywhere. Uh, PayPal uh, cancelled us now nearly a year ago. Uh, we haven't been getting any donations in at all, at all, Roy. We are really... But where, were we, where, where were the subscribers send the donations to, Lou? There's a contact page now on, on Liberty Tactics. You can support us and there are bank details set up there. But it's big, you know, it's, no, it's not the listeners' sport. PayPal cancelled us. We had terrible trouble with Stripe and we just haven't bothered. But now looking at it, we are so cancelled, Roy. And we're self-funding. We're now on Apple iTunes and we're on Apple Podcasts. This is all coming out of my, actually my pocket. And obviously I, I, I earn what I earn. I support my family solely on my own. So it's a struggle. I'm not going to lie, Roy. It is a real struggle because we, these shows are important. This is what we want to do. We just want to wake up people. But I don't have the funds at all to look after my family and to keep the website running as same as Rick. We've now got this subscription that we have to pay every month to Apple iTunes. Rick spends over a thousand pounds on the software just to get the zoom so we can do longer calls than 40 minutes, you know, so Jesus. it's very, very tough at the moment. And, well, we're look, look. and what upsets us, Roy, is you've got people who've appeared out of nowhere and I'm not bitching. Maybe I am a little bit, but, we have worked our asses off. We've never asked for anything. All we do, and you can go back over all of our shows, we've only brought you accurate. We've never done clickbait. And now we do need some help. We really do, because in the current climate at the moment, my tea bags, they're only Earl Grey, but they're £7 a packet. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to ration my tea drinking now. <laughs> uh, but well, we need that. We well, do need help, Roy. We do at the moment because... Well, we Things coming out. I, I, I've got to go, but let me tell you, let me support you. Finance. Finance is the sinews of war. We're in the greatest war that humans have ever faced. And I'm appealing to subscribers. I'm appealing to the listeners. Go on libertytactics.com.
www.cloudcoach.co.uk. Make a donation. Every everything helps. We don't care if it's fifty pence. Right. It will just go towards you know, us. Everything stay on air and get the message out. That's all it will go to. That's we need we need a war fund. So hopefully, this time next week, money's will have come through. If not, then we'll have a, we'll have we're going to have a we'll have a discussion with myself, and we'll come up with a strategy where we'll put it in a more organised form. And we'll have regular updates. Lou, I've got to go. It's, uh, oh, Roy, thank you so much. You go. I'm going to close the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And sorry about my little plea, because I'm also going to be playing to you for Public Child Protection Wales. But I'll hold that for another week. Uh, we are doing another podcast-a-thon. It's going to be on the 5th of November. Um, and it's getting to raise the awareness of the court case that Kimberly and the Mums of Wales are going to be going into. So the 5th of November, we, Catherine and I, are again going to undertake 30 hours of broadcasting and um, we will do another campaign for that. Roy will be back next week, as always. I'm actually starting to process and upload Roy's shows from the very beginning up on Apple iTunes. Uh, it'll be on Spotify I think we've also signed up to Google Podcasts. Um, so I'm going to restart doing that. It's going to be a separate series that are on the Liberty Tactics. Just Google Liberty Tactics for iTunes or on Spotify and you will find us there. And I'm going to start, as I say, we've got Roy joined us, I do believe, at the very end of October of 2020, just before the elections. And uh, so we've got two years worth of shows that, I'm going to get uploaded to iTunes and to Spotify. So you can go back and listen to the very first show with Roy. I would say there's probably nearly a hundred odd shows between Roy and myself up there. So that's it. I've talked enough. LibertyTactics.co.uk. <laughs> I will be back later on with Clay Clark. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I've got a cough. Right, that's it. We're gone. God bless. Clay Clark later on tonight from Reawaken America Tour. Him and General Flynn have been going around America, waking up America. And I'm looking forward to that show later on. That's it. God bless. Away.